to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Overcrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. We will get into the NFL after another huge week once again. But we will get into something different this, this week. We're not, we have our top 10 rankings, but we're going to start showing it by on the bottom screen. There's our updated top 10 list going on for this after week 14. So we're doing something different. We're going to have a segment. This entire show is going to be called True or False. We have I have four statements for these fine gentlemen in the NFL. And we're going to see if we come to a conclusion. Do we agree or disagree with these statements? Are they true or are they false? But we got to start off with last night. There was some history that occurred last night. No, not in the NFL. No, not in the other sports. It was the NBA. And if you haven't heard, if you've been sleeping under a rock, we have a new three-point king of the NBA world, and that is the obvious choice, Steph Curry. And we were just talking about it quickly. I want to get into it because how he's changed the game. The basketball world has changed drastically from the little kids all the way to the pros. The way we watch basketball now, it's all about a specific strength. What is your team graded? Usually the teams that win in the playoffs now are great three-point shooting teams and great defense. Well, the defense will always be there. It's the improvement and the drastic rise of the three-point game. And there's you can't go any further. Ray Allen was amazing. Reggie Miller, amazing. Guys like Larry Bird were amazing, amazing shooters. But we have never seen a shooter literally like Steph Curry. And he became the record holder last night. I was just saying to these guys, influential. I'll go back 20 years. Is Steph Curry in all of the sports – is he maybe the most influential player that has happened, that, that, that's that been going on in the past 20 years? When we think of influential, we think of game changers. We think of transcendent stars. Well, Steph Curry's in that category. And we always like to say LeBron James. We've seen guys like LeBron James. We've seen Magic Johnson. We've never seen a guy like Steph Curry. So is he, and I'll ask Ted, most influential star of the entire sports world the past 20 years? Well, for his sport, absolutely. I told you I think still Tiger Woods might be the most influential guy of all, especially in the last 30 years. I remember you and me had a debate about this a couple of years ago. Most impactful player, I think it was LeBron and Tiger Woods. A lot of people chose Tiger Woods because of what he changed and what he did for golf, promotions, you know, advertising, TVs, just the long ball, just the flair, everything he did. But when we speak about basketball, you think about Ty- uh, Steph Curry. He broke Ray Allen's record in literally half the game, 790 games compared to 1,300 games for Ray Allen. The game has tremendously changed because of what he does. I was just thinking about, as you were talking, I think about when we were kids growing up. When I played basketball, we were always slamming the dunk on the play school basketball, and then I was like breaking the rim, the plastic thing. And then you, as you grew up, you always wanted to shoot the shots from 50 feet away. I'm like, dude, get closer. Easy shot. But that's what the game is about. It's about shooting. When you grow up, you weren't about dribbling. You weren't shooting, not dunking. Steph Curry has revolutionized the game of basketball. I told you before, before we did the show, I thought that him, Steve Kerr, and that Golden State Warriors team has changed the game of basketball for the for the future, and it will never go back to what it was when our parents were watching basketball. The big man is no longer part of the game. And when I say big man, I mean the guys of Shaq and Dwight Howard are no longer part of the game. 
you have to be a big man and you have to be athletic enough to play the, the pick and roll at the top of the key and you have to be able to shoot and dribble like a guy like Jokic, like a guy like Embiid, like a guy like Anthony Davis. The old-time big centers are no longer part of the, the NBA. It has eliminated them because of when they went small ball with five guys and they and other teams had the big man, the big man was not able to extend outside the three-point line and be able to guard. And because of Curry and Clay and what they did, they have revolutionized the game. And we, you saw yesterday I said you a quote. Even James Harden, he's fourth already on the list on three-point shots. Everyone's shooting threes nowadays. Every team shoots threes. And to see 50 or 60 threes in the game is not uncommon anymore. Joe, you you like you're a big baseball guy, so we I don't see I don't see over the past twenty years I don't really see a baseball player maybe changing the game maybe maybe you can think of somebody but when I think I, of I space- mean I would argue Mike Trout and bringing analytics and the relevancy of war which you know I don't agree with but if you were if you were to press me on somebody gun to my head that's the person I would name but as far as influential players we sort of talking about this before the show I mean Bob Gibson is the last guy that this game got changed for. And before that, it was Babe Ruth. When it comes to basketball, it's Curry, it's Jordan, it's Wilt Chamberlain, it's James Nesmith, literally the guy who invented it. And then I don't know this guy's name, but the guy that convinced him that they should dribble the ball. I don't know. Because they didn't want to dribble originally. So whoever was like, dude, what if we did this? That guy, somebody should give him some credit. But yeah, uh, what this guy's done for basketball. I mean, you know, uh, back in my day, I'm sure your dad will tell you this. I mean, if a team threw up like four threes in a game, you were like, whoa, man, these guys were really going nuts, winging it out there tonight, just lofting up the threes, you know? And then teams would maybe, every now and you see 10 threes in a game, and it was shocking. And to see like a guy shoot 10 threes in a quarter uh, is shocking, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and not the game of basketball I remember playing, but when I started playing basketball, it was because of Michael Jordan and we weren't boxing people out. I mean, everybody was driving to the rim uh, and, and, you know, launching, uh, you know, fadeaways and, and, you know, the, the, the killer crossover of Tim Hardaway was, was, I think as far as street ball is concerned, it was a, a major influential thing that probably doesn't get talked about, but yeah, uh, Curry, again, I'm not a huge, I'm not really, again, after the Jordan, that whole shift, uh, I haven't really been on the basketball thing. It's okay, but... you can be honest. It's because oh, I'm being. Stink. It's because the next stink. Yeah, I, I mean, until James Dolan dies or sells, I'm not interested uh, in participating in any of that. This man, I, love... I was gonna try to like Brooklyn, but it's not the same. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, I mean, really, nothing likable about that group. Realistically, when I think of influential, you just think of game changing. And Steph Curry has maybe, if anything, any more than any other player. Maybe we could say Brady and Rodgers because of the way that quarterbacks are treated nowadays for the bad. I would say because of the way the tr- quarterbacks are treated, maybe that's why those guys would get mentioned in this conversation. But when I think of guys that are game changing, this is the ultimate game change. I mean, the sport has literally changed drastically. High schools. Uh, middle school, elementary schools. Kids just want to go to the basketball court. They don't want to drive to the basket anymore, draw the foul, get, get go to the free throw line, play dirty type, uh, play a dirty type game. No, they want to be. They want the highlights and they want to chuck up threes from the logo, and that's a big part. Dude, sure, but you know what? Can I Listen for one second. I sent you guys this thing. I don't know if you saw this. This was on the thing last night. This 
was yeah. since Curry's been in basketball, how much the three-point game yeah, it's has crazy. changed. It went from six. It went from 18. To, I mean, look at that. Ten years ago, it was 18 attempts a game. It is now at double that. That speaks something to transcend it, game-changing right there. Please. You're also seeing six times more the scoring because oh, yeah. of the increase in three-point well, shooting. And, I and mean, Joe, and analytics, would... analytics well, sure. taking more threes is better than taking more twos. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, listen, taking a, 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 a – Taking a two-point shot from 20 feet is the stupidest thing you could probably do. Like, analytically speaking, that's foolish. Take a step back and hit a three or drive the, the lane, right? I mean, or or kick it to somebody on the wing because it, it you 20 feet out, what are you doing? Makes no sense. So, no, I get it. But listen, and, and I look as analytics go, it's very simple. Scoring three points at a time is better than scoring two points at a time. Oh, if we yeah. go threes and twos all night, I'll destroy you before the night's out. Well, if you add three and two, that comes up to five. And now we're going to get into our segment. Why he's brought up the number five. We're playing today, true or false. I got four, four statements for these fine gentlemen. Of I why we're give going props on that one. Another you know, Ferrari. We're going to yeah, have brain is like, <laughs> my brain is like the flash. It's just boom. It's just flying all over the place. Can't control it. Well, the way this NFL season, we can't control the expectations of what has been going on. But maybe, just maybe, we could be getting a little more clarity in the NFL picture. When I mean picture, I'm not talking playoffs. I'm not talking cha- I'm talking Super Bowl. Right now, I have four statements. I'm going to give these fine gentlemen, like I've been saying, these four statements. They know what the statements are, true or false. Are they going to agree or disagree? So we're going to start off. Ted just said, or you just said, three and two. Three is better than two. Well, that adds up to five. And why I say the number five is because, to me, there are currently five teams that have the best chance of reaching Super Bowl 56. And I even have also the betting odds. So the Super Bowl odds currently, as of right now, by DraftKings, Bucks are at a plus 500, tied with the Chiefs, I should say, at plus 500, followed by the Packers, plus 650, Patriots, plus 750, Cardinals, plus 1,000. And the Rams at a solid plus 1,100. So the question is, and I'm going to give this to Joe. I'm going to give this question to Joe. There are five teams currently in the NFL, and I'll give you them, who have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And the five teams, like I just said, the Rams, the Patriots, Chiefs, Bucks, or Packers. True or false on that statement? There are currently five teams who have a chance is the question that is this is there's only five or, or yes. Yes. I'm naming okay, the I'm going to go teams. with, I'm going to say it's false because I still think that the Ravens are a legitimate team. And I think in a year and I this is going to sound stupid and I apologize, <laughs> but I think the 49ers. Okay. I think is the kind of team who can do some damage in the postseason with the way they run the football. I, Joe, I, I think they could go this year. They can make the cause damage because they went. Well, that's what, what I'm saying. I mean, legit. Too. I think, I mean, listen, I don't know if the Niners are going to make the playoffs. They're 76 right now. Currently, hold, on, six. hold on. I said that, you know, I don't know if I ever tell you the story. 2004, I moved just before uh, at the uh, end of end of September. And I told my Red Sox fan friends, they were fighting for the wild card that year. I don't know if you remember this. They were still, I think they were three games back when I moved. I said, if you guys. Win the wild card, you're going to win the World Series. 
They were like, really? I go, your oh, team's yeah, a perfect pull. You know the story. But mm -hmm. um, as far as the 49ers, if they make the postseason, watch out. Will they make the postseason? I don't know. So I, I think there's teams like the Ravens and the Titans. I Again, if Derrick Henry comes back, that's going to be a tough team to beat. He's so supposed I to think come back that, before the end of the season. I think it look the Chiefs are getting really good and it's scary. The Bucks are the Bucks. The Packers are the Packers, though. Um, so are there five teams with a chance? I don't know if the Packers really are 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 gonna win the Super Bowl. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is is good enough to get there. Wow. And I say that I say that based on his his history, not my opinion. Uh the Rams are certainly good enough that you haven't played like it. You know, I, I I mean, I think everybody's excited about the Patriots. That defense is certainly Super Bowl caliber. Does Mac Jones have what it? You know, does he have that little bit of Eli in him to to get enough get enough done to win it? Eh, probably. I don't know that, but yeah, I mean, I, to to say the Ravens don't have a chance, or that the Titans with Henry, or a team like the Niners could surprise you. The Cowboys aren't on this list. That hey, defense hey, is really good. I'm going to go with false then. My short that's answer right, is false. That's why it's true or false. <laughs> you know, I need to you talk myself through it. False. So, so, yes, you have to talk yourself through it. Here's the correct answer to this. It's true. Joe's taking the field. I'll take the five teams. Plain and simple, those five teams have the five best quarterbacks than everyone else in the league. And at the end Whoa, of the you day. The five, wait, five? Yes, yeah, those are the five. Back. Five One. best quarterbacks right now playing football. Matt One Jones is playing football at an elite level, and he's not making mistakes. And listen, he doesn't have to be. Listen, he doesn't have to be Justin Herbert and make a seventy-yard throw over double coverage and complete a pass. He doesn't have to be electric. He just has to be good enough for the New England Patriots. And you sent me a stat, Trev, on Instagram the other day comparing the Brady year, first year they went to the Super Bowl, and this Patriot team where they both started one and three, and one team finished like. What was one it? started one and Nine. four, one started two or two and four, one and four, like something like that. It doesn't something matter. Like I think they were both one and three. To be honest, the point is they got to the Super Bowl, they got in, they won with defense running the football. If you remember with Corey Dillon, and all Brady was had to do was not lose the games, and they won. Then he got hurt in the AFC championship game. Bledsoe came through. Bada bing, bada boom. They play the Rams. They out physicality of the Rams, their own game. Brady made the clutch throw to Troy Brown on third down, and and Vinatieri kicked the field uh -huh. goal. And that, and that's all. And listen, they have a kicker that can make kicks, all right. And they have a clutch kicker. Reason why it's these five te five teams is because they have the best quarterback. I know what you're going to say about Dallas, Dallas fans. I don't trust Dak. Dak is not playing great football right now. When Dak doesn't have a running game and his defense is not turning the ball over, he struggles. Dak's best season is when Zeke's rookie year, when they went 13 and three and they ran the football down the throat, or when beginning of the season when they were six and one and Tony Pollard and Zeke. We're tearing up the league for 140 yards plus. They were top three in rushing. They have not run the football well. Tony Pollard and Zeke are hurt. That, I mean, I didn't do that because of that pitcher, but that's the reason why. You put trust in all those guys. Now, maybe you'll say, Mac Jones, you really have that much trust in? Absolutely. Trev, you sent me a stat about Herbert. As great as Herbert is, he's at 500 quarterback right now. He's still got to prove it. That's why this Thursday's game against the Chiefs is even more magnified because as we've talked about with Stafford, Listen, whoever that is, uh, you must That's be probably standard. Probably standard. He doesn't, here's the thing: everyone looks at the. Uh, everyone looks at the stats. Everyone thinks you got to put up. Because people, are, no, screw Stop. that. 
People Hold are full. Everyone thinks what you got to put up stats. Matt you Jones works. Matt Jones works for them. Here's the thing. Chargers need more from Justin Herbert than what the Patriots need from Matt Jones. So Herbert is a much better quarterback than Matt Jones. I'm not saying that. Russell Wilson's a much better quarterback. If any of those guys were on New England, it wouldn't even be close. I understand that. But what for what he does in that engine for that team, it works. Okay, you didn't you would never put Brady in the top 10, but he just kept winning Super Bowls. Then he won Super Bowls. And then he won Super Bowls. And then he started putting up stats and they're like, holy crap, he's the best quarterback in football. So it works. These the reason why it's true. I'll take these five teams over any of the quarterbacks because I don't trust Dak. I don't trust Tannehill. 49 Ravens have too many injuries. 49ers still don't trust Jimmy J. Bada bing, bada boom. Jesus, I thought we were going to be here until – you have to go to work at 4. I thought we were going to be here until 4. This man just – literally, where is it? Where is it? There it is. There it is, guys. Listen, let me just say one thing. Uh, you know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Mark Rippian. Jeff Brad Hostetler. Johnson, Jeff Hostetler. Um, oh, Joe again, Flacco won. You know what, Teddy? I say this all the time. I say this all the time. You know, people uh, people think that you have to throw for 330 yards and four touchdowns to be good. And I disagree with that. Again, Mac Jones the other night when he went two for three for 19 yards, I mean, he certainly could call an audible at the line if he wanted to and he could throw the football. And I think a less disciplined person might have found a reason, a time or five, to call some kind of throwing audible. But he's he's stuck with the game plan because he's a gamer, he's a team guy. I mean, for for what the Patriots did the other night to Buffalo was, I mean that that's what high school football teams do to like to inferior opponents. You just run the ball down their throat all night at will. And the fact that an NFL team did that to one that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender speaks volumes about that about that offense. And if he beats the Colts this week and then beats Buffalo again, what is going to be your excuse? Now, and he throws for 150 yards in both games, but they win the game by seven plus points. What is you're going to say? Well, Belichick and the defense won. Okay, but he still that's was why, the quarterback. So, I'm going to finish up this point. That's why I think these are the five teams right now currently in the NFL. Like, so you believe you know, there, could, there could be a wild card team that pops through and, and makes a surprise run. Like we've seen it before, countless amount of times. This year, I know it's been wide open this league, but I really feel like we're getting clarity as we get towards the playoffs. And I really think the Bucs, when they get healthy, they're going to be fine. They're, they got a Super Bowl running roster. They got the coach. They got Brady. Every time, every recipe for success. The Packers, I think they're all in with this. This could be the last year with Rodgers. He's on a mission. He's going to not get surgery. He's playing out of his mind. And it's right now, it could be a two-team race for an MVP. But we have another question regarding that MVP in a sec. And then you look at the Rams, a huge win, even though without everybody out with COVID, and then they're going to be dealing with that. They found a way to win. And the Patriots, the Chiefs, they're on a, these two teams are the hottest teams in the league right now. They're winning defensively. They're winning because it's not pretty either. And that's how you got to sometimes do it. They're going back to the basics. And they're figuring it out, and teams are having a hard time figuring those those teams out. So those teams right now, I would say those are the top five teams to me that have the best chance to win. But we all do know that we've seen in past years that an out of the out of the race team could make a, a 
a dark horse run and get to the Super Bowl. We've seen it before. Wouldn't be surprised with the way this year is going. I just said that there's a two-player t- two race maybe for the MVP. Maybe you can add in Jonathan Taylor with his stellar season so far and a big opportunity this week, Saturday night, against those Patriots. But is there a guy right now defensively, and I know there's been some great, great, and good luck trying to pick the defensive player of the year and the MVP this year because it's a toss-up. But am I to be crazy that a rookie could win the MVP, maybe be consideration? When we think of valuable, we think of, I know the stats, the stats have to play a part, and his stats speak for itself. But when we think of valuable, we have to see what he has done for the team. He's already the best player on the team, guys. Micah Parsons is the best football player, and I hate to say this because the New York Giants were literally given the opportunity to this man in a blue jersey. We don't know if, if he would have panned out the way he's been playing for Dallas. We never know that. But that guy was an opportunity waiting to happen for the Giants, and they decided to not do it. But the way this defense has changed, and I know Dan Quinn gets a lot of credit, but the way this man has transformed this defense, where he can play, his like a utility guy. He's been able to do whatever. He could do everywhere. He could play everywhere, and every week it's a different position, and, de- and offenses can't figure it out. His stats speak for itself. His play in the field speaks for itself. Ted, does Micah Parsons, rookie linebacker, and I know it's a rookie, but does Micah Parsons deserve MVP consideration, true or false? You, the question is, does he deserve MVP? Absolutely, it's true. His impact on the defense is, you know, I, you never want to say this as a Giant fan. You don't want to say this as a football fan because he hasn't earned his stripes completely yet, but he kind of is. And we got to stop saying rookie. We're in the 14th game of the season. He's no longer a rookie. Enough of the rookie BS. He's not a rookie. 14 games of the season, maybe the first three games, but he's not a rookie anymore. He's a veteran. He, he knows what's going on. He's ready to play. His impact on this defense is incredible. Okay, you think about the injuries. Randy Gregory's been out. Demarcus Lawrence has been out. Neville has been out. Their nose guard. They've missed linebackers. They traded away one of the linebackers. He has done everything that this team has asked of him. He's got 12 sacks right now. The rookie record is 14 by Javon Curse in 1999. Got 57 tackles, three forced fumbles. He's all over the field. You can tell his impact on this team. Just watching the game. You don't need stats to back it up. You just watch his impact on the game. He has to be accounted for every single play. Here's the thing I read last night. Last year, after 13 games, the Cowboys had given up 400 points, 48 touchdowns. They only had five picks and 24 sacks. They were awful last year, if you guys remember. Atrocious. This year, I'm not saying he's the only reason why, because you know Trayvon Diggs is pretty damn good too. But they have only given up 287 points. 32 touchdowns, 21 picks, and they have 31 sacks. I mean, the defense last year went from 26th in the NFL to 6th. Now, you could maybe say that's a change from Mike Nolan's system to Dan Quinn, probably a little bit. Impactful. We've talked about this. Defensive coordinators can change the game depending on the schematics, but you got to have players too. You have to have impactful players. We knew this, Trev, because we did a drafting. We knew about football. This is a guy that sat out his year at Penn State, Okay. We knew when the draft came out, he was the best defensive player out of the draft. That was not a question, all right? The question he might have was been the best football player in the draft, but I know the, the quarterback position. The question was, he doesn't play an impactful player because he was a middle linebacker, and they didn't look at it as a premium spot. If he was an elite pass, if he was just a pass rusher, 
he probably goes in the top five. Now, there was also some some underlying stories and baggage that you heard from Penn State that he was kind of a punk and bother stuff. But can he play football? He's an impactful player. If you remember, this kid's an athlete. He was an all two-time all-state player for Penn uh in high school in Pennsylvania. He was an all-state running back who had 27 touchdowns his senior year. They, they were talking about if Zeke gets hurt with power, they might use him at running back. That's how athletic and how good he is. All right. And he has transformed this defense. Yep. Because they can do whatever. I, I think about this as a giant. Imagine having him next to Blake Martinez running side to side on first and second down and then putting him outside or teaming him up with Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams on the defense end and him coming off the end and just rushing. the Because there are stats that I don't have in front of me, but they say if he just was a pass rusher right now, he would be close to the NFL record in sacks based on his performance. He would be close to 16, and, 16, 17 and a half sacks with three, four games left to play. He is the best defensive player in football right now. He is the best defensive player. And the reason why I say that, and I'll end it on this, is because he does more than one thing. He's the only player in the league that has rushed a pass. And has played coverage to one. I understand TJ Watt is probably the best player, but he only rushes a passer. All right. The flexibility that he brings to that defense as a whole, where he can play inside, he can play in coverage. He's he's athletic and fast enough to play in coverage, and plus he's got excellent burst off the field or off the off the. Oh my God, the line of scrimmage. Off the yeah. Yeah. Here's the key to the car. Start it off. That's what that's that's what he brings. He brings all of that for this Dallas Cowboys defense, and I know Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit as he should. But I know everybody's been jumping on Trayvon Diggs like he's the greatest thing since Deion Sanders. He actually has been a very bad he's, – he's an aggressive corner, and his stat speaks for itself. He gives up a lot of big plays. I know the turnovers speak for itself, but he gives up a lot of plays. This is the best player on the Dallas Cowboy team without question. Joe, is this a crazy statement? How do you feel about your, your rebuttal? Um, I, I disagree with it. I disagree with it because he hasn't done enough. Uh, Nick Bosa and Lawrence Taylor, statistically speaking, took two of the worst defenses uh, in history and turned them into top five defenses. So did so did he. Dallas was one of the worst defenses ever. They were they Joe. Joe I'm 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 just telling you, based on statistics, what Mika Parsa or Micah it's it's not enough. It's not enough. And look, the season's not over yet, so. It's hard to say. Let's see where this team finishes. Let's. Uh, the other thing is, look, he's a sketchy guy. It's a sketchy guy. He was there was all sorts of sketchy reports on him coming out of college. Yeah. That's oh, why he fell in the draft. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, I know. That he fell in the draft he because he's a he's a sketchy like person. They embrace those sorts of characters in Dallas. So this was a perfect situation. I'm sure he's doing a lot of the. You know, weirdo stuff he was doing uh, at Penn State and Dallas, Joe, and I'm sure they like that. After the first that's kind of their practice, thing. Do you know after the first week of practice, Dan Quinn said he is our he is going to be our play caller on defense, and he is our best defensive player. Yeah, they knew it after a week. He I wanted the out. Giants to draft him. I thought Joe, the Giants should have snapped him right up. Everything Joe, here's the thing: in a week, Joe, in a week of stars, he and. 14 games as a rookie stands out. Like, you know how you have guys on football teams that are like, everyone's good in the NFL, right? Like, everyone's good during the NFL. Some guys just stand out like 
higher than everyone else. He stands oh, yeah. out defensively. You watch him in the game, like the Saints game. Taysom Hill could not run away from him. He was everywhere he needed to be. He doesn't seem to make mistakes, all right, from what you see. And every time it's third down or an impactful play, he's always around the ball. Now, I don't know. He's definitely not as good as LT, okay, because LT, you want to talk about transcendent players. We should have thought about LT because they had to talk about what the left tackle with the importance, the double blocks, all the other stuff. Joe Gibbs literally had to change. But this kid, honestly, for Dallas fans, have to be thrilled because he's not going anywhere. He's the best defensive player or one of the best defensive players in football, and he can do it all for you. He can rush the passer if he wants every time, or he Hell, can. Hell, I go even farther say he's a. T- he'll be end up being a top ten player by the end of the year. He's he's that. He's been, he's been that freaking good player. guy. Like guys, he's been that good. When I watch football players, like I'm a defensive guy. I love watching defensive ends and pass rushers because I just like seeing a guy dominate the game, not offensively. I know offense is the way to go nowadays, but. Like that defensive player of the year award. I mean, good luck picking between Aaron Donald, who had a huge game. LT. That's that's only a Cowboys fan. I'm sure you like Tony Romo pretty good. Oh, oh, and oh, 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 hold on. I guess maybe he hasn't heard of Michael Irvin. Guess not. I guess Dallas fans, how quickly they forget, right? Yeah. Get rid of him. Go home. All right. Take a seat and go home. Nate Nate Newton was shipping it in his Bronco. Oh my God. That's right. My thing, my thing is, is that like that defensive player of the year, like we see Aaron Donald immediately when he came into the league, dominant. When Miles Garrett came in, was already a star. TJ Watt was already a star. This kid is already developing into that. And it still has three games left for a season, a historical season for a team that has a chance to, like you just said, Joe, has a chance to get to the Super Bowl possibly. Well, they're going to rely on that defense. And their defense is playing stout right now. And the main reason is, is because everything is revolving around number 11. So this man, when we think of valuable, I know stats is a big part. And his stats speak for itself. But when we think of valuable, you got to see what he does for an entire team. It's like an, it's like a dread from where they were last year at this time to where they are now. He is like you can't is, you can't even like that doesn't even make sense. He How is Aaron Judge. Before. He is Aaron Judge healthy in the rookie season, batting in the three hole, and he makes everyone else better. Right now, he has to be in consideration for an MVP because he's pl- he's he the best player in the a- top three, but he'll be in the top. Five, six. I well, the top two we should know should be either Brady or Rodgers, then probably Taylor. But right after that, you don't know because he's playing for a playoff caliber team and a team that is already the best player on that team. So, I mean. I wonder what the odds are Caesars would give on this guy being out of the league within four years for oh some God. kind, Joe, for see, some, Joe, for some kind of arrest. Joe, Joe, the guy's probably a. I think Joe always wants to cause con. Joe loves controversy. Joe, well, loves Joe who cares? You're in college, Joe. You went to college. You didn't do anything stupid in college. You didn't throw I things did. off the balcony. Joe, oh, I, I definitely did, and I Joe, still do stupid things Joe, as a result a of that. Don't worry, your wife and kids aren't watching. It's okay. Say it. Come on, give us a spiel. Come on, give us. I'm a- just saying, dude. For every uh. You know, nobody saw DeAndre Baker. You know what I'm saying? Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, he had issues. Joe, Joe, this guy. Didn't he He had issues in college. He was kind of red flagged in college for having issues. You know who else had issues in college? Aaron Hernandez. 
Yeah, you know who else did? Daniel guys Collins. who listen, guys who have red flags in college eventually have red flags in the pros. Same thing could be said this about uh, this man wants James Winston. Fail. Damn, Joe. This man wants to see you just want to see him fail. That's terrible. Yeah, a, he's, a I don't want to see him. he's a Dallas Cowboy. I don't want to see him dominate, but guess let's, what? Hey, is a, can I say one thing because I know you want to go on the next thing? Yeah, go on, Ted. You, if you got to give me a sh- sh- shit every go time, go on. Just speak. Like you do all the time. But here's the thing. To think about this, he would have never been a Dallas Cowboy if the two cornerbacks don't go beforehand. They traded back because they could not get Patrick Sertain and the other cornerback. I'm drawing a blank, Trev. Help me. Oh, uh, J.C. Horn that went to Carolina. That's who They needed a cornerback. He was never going to be a Dallas Cowboy. They wanted a cornerback. They don't get it. They trade back. And to think the Giants could have either had him or Parsons. I mean, excuse me, Slater or Parsons. Two guys that could have been – Okay, you know, just a little, well, little help on the New York football giants, maybe the offense line or the defense. And uh, we got neither. We got Kadarius Tony, and uh, he was good for one game. Well, I'm glad you brought up the New York Giants because we don't know what to make of this team. We don't know who's going to be there coming in next season. We do know that the New York Giants love head coach Joe Judge. And they will be bringing him back again. It seems like he may be the one guy – that his job is safe for a job that we all consider far from the word safe. And that seat is getting a little hotter, but we all thought I, we should say, or I should say, we all thought that seat was getting hotter. Looks like that seat has been put to rest because Joe Judge is not going anywhere and will be one more year given the New York football Giants head coach. So this is a question for pretty much both of you guys, but I'm going to start off with Joe because we are Giant fans and we'll get into this. Are the Giants making the right decision on Joe Judge? Joe, true or false? Well, yes, you're making a mistake because uh, uh, it's as simple as if you're going to hire a new GM, he's going to want to bring in his coach, or you're only going to want to hire a GM that's willing to keep Judge on. So you're limiting your options, and you're, again, not really rebuilding. If you find a GM who's like, ah, I think Joe Judge is great, I'd love to, then great, but... Uh, if that's what gets somebody the job, that's not, I just don't think that would be an ideal situation. I think if you're going to rebuild, yeah, I think you do fire the guy. And I understand it just adds to the un- instability and uncertainty, but I I've never liked Joe judge. I thought this guy was a mistake from the start. He's completely delusional. He says some of the stupidest things ever in, in, in press conferences and you're doing it in New York of all places. Recently, he said something to the effect of, you know, what he talks to the guys about in the locker room isn't the same thing he talks to the media. I can imagine it's even worse. I mean, what, what, like, you, you listen to this guy after games, and this has been going on for two years now, and you, you think to yourself, what were you watching? What were you watching? What is it exactly you're talking about? What, what did you like out there today? My nothing thing is, looked great. Nothing flowed. Nothing's getting better. Here's my thing, Joe, about this with the whole head coach and the GM. I feel like what what's going to happen is the GM, they're going to have a new GM. They're going to pick whoever the GM is, if it's Joe Judge's guy or not. Joe Judge is going to get one more year. And if the results are the same as they've been the first two years, then Joe Judge will be gone. The GM will stay, and the GM will be able to pick his new guy, his new coaching staff, hell, we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. So that is still a to-be-determined 
in New York Giant football. Yeah, land. but don't that's what I think. Like, is, that's what I see happening. Like, is say you bring in Lewis Reddick and he doesn't want Joe Judge to be his head coach, is he going to go all out to make sure Joe Judge is successful in twenty twenty two? I agree or, with you. They're or, it is, or do we have to go through the 2022 losing and then they fire him? And the, I mean, come on, really? Joe, Here, I, here's I, the problem. Here's the problem. Band aid. Just get it off now. Let's Whoever's do it. Whoever's going to be the GM has to like Joe Judge. So now you eliminate the problem. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, you you're eliminate. Your, you eliminate your solution. Chubb, go back to us. I don't need to see a picture of Joe Judge. I'm, I'm sick of seeing his dumb ass. All right. Enough of the crap. Okay. These are the. This is the BS. He says. That's All right. Jeez. Yeah, good. I could see the direction it's going. I could see the foundation being poured and solidified. Sorry, I don't know what foundation you're building because your house is crooked and falling over like the Weenie Tower of Pisa. Look, there's a lot of things I, I see pizza. week after week with our players, and we're going that I'm encouraging a lot of ways. What do you see? Because you must be as freaking blind as Stevie Wonder because you're not seeing what everyone else in America is seeing in a Giant fan. And I understand you're there day in and day out putting in the work, and we're not as smart as you. But you're not. What are you seeing that that makes you think this team is getting better? All right. The reason why you fire Joe Judge is because we've seen coaches in their first year change teams, and what I mean by change teams, change the direction of where they're going. All right. Brian Staley, the coach for the Chargers, young guy, changed the Chargers. If I said his name wrong, I apologize. But he had changed the Chargers. They are a different team already this year. They're winning closer games that they did not win. All right. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. But Sean McVay, when he went to the oh Rams, he changed the Rams immediately. Some of these coaches immediately changed the, the whole fortune of the team. And that goes from coaching. Because if you look at the Giants, there's talent there. We're not yep. we're not the Jets. We're not the Jaguars. There's actually talent on the New York football team. But the way they play, they play like there's no talent, like we're the worst team in football. That's how we perform. We are getting worse. We're not getting better. We have not progressed. And the nonsense that he speaks out of his mouth is worse than the crap that comes out of my mouth weekly on this show, okay? That's pretty bad. It's baloney, and it's not believable. Don't sugarcoat it to us no more. Just speak the truth. We suck, and we're not getting better. Because here's the thing. We fired the offensive coordinator. We're no better offensively, all right? You're the head coach. You're you're part of the say on who we choose in the draft. It's not all Gettleman. Don't tell me the coach head coach has no say on who he wants to. I mean, how do you tell the chef? Well, these are the ingredients you got. This is have, but you got to make lasagna out of it. You got no pasta. How am I supposed to make lasagna? I'll come up with a solution. That's it's blasphemy. This whole organization needs to be blown up and fired. From top to bottom, the mayors think they're living in the 70s and they were awful then. They think you got everything's got to be family-oriented, same people. Stop. It's not working. Fire the coach. Fire, it's like the quarterback. If he sucks after two, just keep going. Just keep going until you find the right guy. If you don't fire the coach, you your limitations on who you choose as a GM become smaller. Your pie of choice because they have to like Joe Judge. If you wanted to bring someone on the show, but he didn't work with you two, as good as he is, he can't put it on the show. He doesn't fit. And you said Think it about right. what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen moving on from him after one year and going with Kyler Murray. Great decision. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to say with the whole coach. And before we get in, I'm glad you brought up the Chargers because that's actually one of the true or false questions we'll get into in a sec. With head coaches and quarterbacks. They usually develop 
soon. Some some coaches hit it off in the first year. Brandon Staley, like we just said, Dan Quinn for the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's not a head coach, but the coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, that defense has drastically changed from a, a garbage-ass defense to a top-notch and a superior defense each Matt, and every week. Matt the quarterback, hold on. Hold on. The Browns. Hold on. I'm just naming coaches that are – Okay, are, okay are, but hold on. The coach – the quarterback situation, very similar to the co- quarterback situation for the New York Football Giants. Josh Allen, he started off cold. We were wondering if he was going to be the answer for Buffalo. He took a level to a whole nother stratosphere from a guy that was mid-level to now an elite quarterback. Justin Herbert had great stats last year. But this year you see a different Justin Herbert. You just feel it all around from a Chargers team where you looked at a perfect case last on Sunday. You see a team that's going all in with his quarterback takes chances with his quarterback, a more talented team, but better coaching too. The Giants, they look lost. They look lackadaisical. They don't look motivated. They look like they have no heart. I know the injuries plays a part. Go ask the Baltimore Ravens how their team is doing with their injuries. They're doing just fine. They're 8-4 and and looking like they can win a division title again. Okay? So stop with the excuse. And the whole Daniel Jones thing is very similar to Joe Judge. It's like we've seen enough. Like, what do we need to see more that's going to change us to say, that's going to be our guy? We don't see it right now. We're going to go into year three again. I know the Giants don't want to do this two years and fire again because they don't want to. I know what they're trying to do, but Joe Judge has one more year as a New York Giant. Hell, I don't even know if they'll have one full Jeff, year. You know what they're doing? If he starts again, what mom would do if they had a debt in the card, she'd take duct tape and duct tape the piece together to hold it together instead of fixing it. Don't get mad. Just go with it. And then I just, just wanted to finish it. my point. That's it. Just let me finish the point. That's it. And then you can make your comment. All I was going to say is we've seen enough of the New York Giants with the quarterback. There's been no progress. There's been no development. It's just all going backwards. So you got to cut ties with whatever you have to do to get this franchise back to just competing. Not even winning championships, competing. Because the Giants can't even do that right now. That's the current state of New York football giants. That's what it is. They're going to go one more year with Joe Judge. We'll see what the GM situation is going to be like. We'll see how this team looks like. All in all, I expect this to be a new look New York football giant team come next season. Time will tell, gentlemen. It hasn't been fun, but I guess those are the dark days of New York sports blues. So let's get into our final true or false. And we're just talking about this team a lot, actually. They have a huge, huge game tomorrow. Could be a monu- another monumental win for the young Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley in a division that is up for grabs. There's been a lot of divisions that are currently up for grabs. A lot of great football still left. This is one of the divisions. And a give a, an opportunity for the taking for the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, 8-5. and five, They're playing well. They have a huge Thursday night game against the champs of the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, and maybe the hottest team in all of football, dominating. And I mean dominating right now, not by offensively. But boy, oh boy, that defense. We talk about a defense that has changed in weeks, literally. The past three games, their average point total to their offense or going against their opposing offense is exactly – Nine points a game. Their last three games, they've gone against the Raiders, giving up nine points. The previous opponent, nine points. Nine points. Three straight games. Their defense is on a tear. So I want to get into this question. I'm going to start. We're obviously going to both talk about this game, but I'm going to start off with Joe. 
because I know Joe is a big fan of this guy. Justin Har- Herbert has to be better than Patty Mahomes for the Chargers to take grasp of the AFC West because if they win tomorrow, they sweep the season series. True or false, Joe? Yes, uh, he absolutely has to be. And I listen, you know, I think last offseason, the, the quarterback musical chairs, this is everything to do with Pat Mahomes. This is why the Bills gave uh, uh, Josh Allen all that money and why the Patriots went and got their quarterback of the future and why the Dolphins got Tua. I mean, everybody's Joe Burrow. All these got the ideas. You got to find a quarterback that can beat this guy. And yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's not going to throw a couple picks against the Chiefs and they win the game. Like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's going to have to play Justin Herbert's best game and kind of hope that it's Pat Mahomes. Uh, Joe, let me get, let me give you these quick stat. Let me give you these quick stats of Justin Herbert against the Chiefs. Actually, I know he's he just won his first game last uh last meeting. So his stats currently against the Chiefs in three games, he's got a passer rating of one eighteen, almost a sixty nine percent completion percentage, eight hundred ninety four yards, eight touchdowns to one interception. So the stats are there. He plays well against this team. So does he have to play to that level again tomorrow to uh, to beat the Chiefs, the hottest team in maybe all of football? Because the stats speak for itself, but yet he has it hasn't translated into victories. Like his stats speak that he's well, been playing well game. against his team. Huh? It is a team. It is a team game. Now, but do Joe you believe it? Joe said Joe, Joe said true. You you said true, Joe, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, but I but I agree with Joe. It is true. Because right now, I think Mahomes and the Chiefs can – we talk about foundations. They can sit back right now and rely on that defense because that's how good the defense is. I don't think the Chargers as a team and as a whole can sit back and say, listen, if Herbert doesn't have an exceptional game or at least as par, if not a little bit better than Mahomes, we're going to win because our defense is good enough to make up for that. So Herbert does have to continue to play great so his team has an opportunity to win. I don't know what team, though, isn't going to be good enough if your quarterback does not play great, especially when you're talking about playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and but that's the thing with But that's the thing with the Mahomes thing is that he's played during this win streak. He's played good. He's played consistent. He hasn't played great to the level he has, but they're winning. But that's the thing. Like they're winning. I would say too that Justin Herbert, because they're winning different ways. Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing 500, 600 yards and, and throwing it all over the field and tearing apart secondaries. He's not. They're winning based off of defense, running the football, and dink and dunk passes. Justin Herbert, though, he, he's got to, it feels like he's got to do it all because this is a defense that good secondary, solid secondary. We already know what their rush defense is like. It's not a really great defensive line. They get good, get a good pass rush, but I feel like Justin Herbert has to do it all. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, he can have a subpar game, a, a decent game to his standards, but still they can take care of business because of the way that defense has been playing. And you still have to take in consideration you have Andy Reid as your head football coach. I mean, here's the thing. Mahomes hasn't thrown for 300-plus yards since the Raiders game. But he doesn't have to. The defense Which one, the first Raiders Trev- game? The second one, Trev. The one that was recently played four weeks ago. Well, no, he that, had the – He has the- not thrown 
He has not yeah, thrown more than their first game, right? No, they played the Raiders twice. I know. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I apologize. He just played. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank because I'm just. I knew I wasn't. I knew I wasn't on cloud nine <laughs> over here. I knew I was all right. Hey, the, the Ferrari was uh, refueling. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Ferrari It'll happen. Is, That'll happen. Here's the thing: the defense is playing exceptional. Now, the defense for the Chiefs is playing exceptional. Now they might be out with their their best player tomorrow, Chris Jones, because of COVID. Yeah, COVID. So that could be a significant loss for them because since they've moved them into the inside, the Chiefs' defense has been great. I mean, Trev, you sent me the stat last three games. Nine points, nine points, nine points they've given up. The Chargers usually play the Chiefs really well. I remember even the days with the Rivers days. You remember a couple years ago, remember Rivers beat them on Sunday night. Thursday night game in Kansas City. Final play of the game to Mike Williams. Corner of the end zone. So here's the thing. The question is, does Justin Herbert have to be better? Yes, because I think – Where's the game being played? Oh, actually, it's in San Diego. It's in, Los Angeles, Los, so. Angeles. it's in Los Angeles. So, but here's the thing: that's not a home field advantage. That's, no. The Chargers have the worst fans in the NFL. So, Justin Herbert has to continue to play great because that's the way his team is going to win. Because his defense is not exceptional. They have great talent, but their defense is not as good as the Chiefs. They're not playing as well as the Chiefs. So that's why the quarterback has to uplift the team. And like Joe has said, and you have said, Trev, and I think I have said multiple times, if you are great. And you're a great quarterback. You uplift your team. You propel them. You you increase their ability to win games where an average quarterback like Daniel Jones can't. And if or you're a great quarterback, like Joe likes to say, you have to win games like this. You have to. It's okay to beat teams like the Jets, the Texans, the Giants, the Jags, Lions. It's okay because it's a win in the column. That's a win in the in the in the record books for you in your career. But they remember games like this. This is a monstrous opportunity for not just Justin Herbert, but for Brandon Staley and this entire franchise. Because you win here, you have total control now of the AFC West. You win this game, you sweep the season series, all the balance is in you, knowing that you have two games left coming up in the season. You could take advantage, or three games left. Take advantage. This is a golden. I mean, Charger fans, you maybe haven't had a game like this in some time. This is a golden opportunity for the taken. I know you're playing the hottest team in football and a team that's playing different from their past ways, but this is this is all for your Trev, taking. And if I may add this last point, the way I relate this game is the same way Joe's two favorite quarterbacks is the way the Monday night football game. It's the Matthew Mike Stafford Glennon? game. No, no, no. Stop, Joe, 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 Joe. Don't forget. Don't ever bring Joe, Mike Glennon's Joe, name to the show again. So we can, let's stop talking about people that don't even deserve to be in the league. We're talking about Matthew Stafford. The same way we talked about impactful players on Monday Night Football, because we really didn't talk about the Monday Night game, is Matthew Stafford probably to a lot of people had to prove that he was worth. We talked about it last Friday. Yeah. We, we didn't talk about, about the game. game, though. We didn't talk about the game that they won. That they right. We didn't talk about the fact that he did what we wanted him to do. You see, and that's why, you make the, that is why you make the trade for him over Goff is because the ability to do the things he did. That was a prove-it game. On the road, big game, because if he lost that game to Arizona, Joe and other guys who have been not convinced that he's good enough would have said, that is the reason why I've been yelling and screaming about this guy is the same guy in Detroit and he was no different than the Rams. It didn't matter where he went. He won and he proved it and he was excellent. This is another game for Justin Herbert in his young career to prove to a lot of people, I'm here, I am just as good as Patrick Mahomes. Watch out, I'm coming for the crown. Two, uh, before we get off, I wanted to reply to two co- uh, comments uh, that I was looking at. 
Thank you for this. Yeah, that, that does play a huge part. That's what the Giants tried to do with Kenny Galladay. It has not worked. So understandable. Good point. And I saw this one, too. You may be right on this one, too, Nolan. The Jets, by keeping Judge, this is like a whole Adam Gay situation. You know that fan base hates him, can't stand him. They want him out. He sounds like an idiot every week, and it just becomes an epic fail. We'll see what happens with the New York Giants. Another, well, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, and you know what that means. It's probably another L in the, in the loss column. So we'll have to see. We will be back Friday to recap tomorrow's huge Thursday night game in the AFC West and much more of a football Friday. Plus next week, it is a week before Christmas coming up. We're going to do, bring back a top five list. We're going to do our top five Christmas songs. Or, no, 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 not songs. Christmas movies. We're going to do our top five Christmas movies. So we're not going to be doing a Friday show next week because it will be Christmas Eve. So we will be back next Thursday, the day before Christmas Eve, to discuss more NFL, huge NFL games on Christmas Day. And why you can't do it? You're not around? I have to work work a double all day at work. So we will be doing a Wednesday show next week. Wednesday show! We will be doing a Wednesday show. It's glad that we all came to an agreement on this. But we will do it next. Uh, No, that's fine. Hey, work. It's work. Can't apologize. So we will be doing our top five Christmas movies. Hell, we may even do more Christmas top five list. Maybe we'll do cookies. I know everybody likes cookies. Joe's uh, five favorite wishes. Joe's five favorite slaws. <laughs> you have any slaw for uh, Christmas? Yeah, five straight cookies. Coleslaw no, cookies. you don't have coleslaw for – what's wrong with you guys? It's not a Christmas thing. Why? Well, you can't sprinkle some Slaws for the spring and the fall, and then there's summer slaw, but you take the winter off. <laughs> They're hibernating. It's hibernating. Slaws like baseball. You just so, so we'll season. Be, we will be back Friday discussing football Friday, recapping tomorrow's game. And like I said, we'll be back next week, next Wednesday, having our Christmas special. We'll be discussing more football and our top five Christmas movies. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, Keys to the City. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.